Hey, yo, it is Popgo. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shirts for the Scene. Head over to thepopgoproject.com and you can purchase your favorite band t-shirt today. It is no secret that 2020 has sucked a big fat one. Artists and musicians have had to cancel almost all of their shows, which has really hurt them financially. Grab a shirt, support a band. The proceeds of each sale go right to the bands whose shirt you are buying. Once again, head over to thepopgoproject.com and grab your shirt today. Shirts for the Scene is made possible by Axelrad Screen Printing. Visit them at axelradarmy.com. My guest today is a musician and audio engineer. He recently just announced a new project he's working on called Sleep Lore, and he has a recording studio in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania called Republic Audio Studio. Welcome to the show, Clyde Rosencrantz. You just got to hit record when, whenever you want. So no one knows. But you can you know now, though, because doesn't it say recording on your screen? It does. Oh, so it's not really a secret crap. to me. It's not a secret. But I can't, it's all right. I, <laughs> I can't get you in trouble without you knowing. Well, I mean, that's not, not to say that like we won't go down that road some, at some point here. But Yeah, uh, and I, don't, I don't edit these, so you got to be careful what you say. That's true. All right. My million, of, my million listeners will, are going to hear this. One take. We'll watch what you say, because I will not edit this. This is old school. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just uh, it's been a crazy week. A um, lot going on lately. Uh, I see like everything's blown up with the uh, shirts for the scene, which is amazing. Um, you know, I've got stuff blown up with the sleep lore thing this week. Uh, so it's, it's kind of been crazy, actually. I was going to say, you've had a pretty busy week. You released the first song under Sleep Lore last Friday, correct? Yeah, last Friday. And I, I, I've told you this before. I'm not going to tell you again just because you're staring at me. But yeah, I mean, I am completely blown away uh, by the, uh, the track called Let Go, um, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today. It was about that. Um, and it was funny because I was like, I need a good... You're a good guest for my, my second episode. Uh, I thought about you immediately because the reason I'm doing this is so I could still talk to musicians and, and they could use this as a platform to talk about what they've got going on, new projects, yada, yada, yada. But I'm like, you know, I just talked to Clyde like last week, it felt like. So I went back in time, traveled back in time, and it was like seven or eight months ago that we, we first recorded our, our, first, yeah. our first podcast together. Yeah, yeah. That was, I remember that because that was early on in the, uh, you know, the whole quarantine COVID thing and everything. And, uh, you know, we connected and I remember it was like, I was first growing the beard then. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a different time. It feels like an eternity ago now to think about that, but, but also thinking about the conversation was like, seems so fresh, you know? Yeah. It, it feels like it was yesterday. It's crazy. Yeah. It's cool too. Cause like, I feel like that was the first time I ever like really talked to you. And I don't know if it was just that conversation or the, the way we've uh, kept in touch throughout the past eight months, but I feel like I know you even more now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to call you a friend. Um, you were very supportive of, of this uh, endeavor that I'm doing right now. So thank you for that. Thank you for, uh, you know, listening to me and you know, giving me some <laughs> advice here and there. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, that's what uh, we've talked about. It's like, it's that sense of community. You know, yeah. people, people show up for each other. 
Um, you know, you've supported this scene for a long time. You supported stuff that I've been involved with. Um, and you know, you do it in a, in a way that, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's, it doesn't feel like some people do stuff in a way that feels kind of competitive or exclusive or like, you know, it doesn't feel like super welcoming, but you do it in a way that's totally different. And, um, I, I can appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, people ask me like, how would this be different from other podcasts in the world or just in the market in general? And I said, honestly, I don't know the answer to that question because I, I don't know what's going to set me apart from other people because I feel like a lot of people are doing the same, same thing as far as like, I want to interview, you know, cool people in the scene or, you know, business owners and things like that. And I said, what I do know is that my delivery and, and the content and what we talk about in general is going to be very genuine. Um, yeah. And I think that comes off in my delivery. Um, at least I hope so. Cause that's what it is. I mean, obviously I'm not a trained uh, professional radio host or a podcast host or whatever you want to call it. I have zero background other than, you know, being on the radio for that hour each week uh, for a little over three years. But um, yeah, I just kind of went with it. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not professionally trained by any means. So it's, but I think that's, I think that's part of the appeal though. You know, people are interested in someone who's genuine, you know, guests that are genuine, a host that's genuine and they want to hear like the real life, you know, they want to hear the real stuff. They don't want to hear, you know, um, if I'm coming on as your guest, they don't want to hear me like with a prepared speech or something like that or prepared remarks. Like nobody cares about that, you know, people just want to hear about what's real. And that's what I wanted to do too. I, I didn't want to have like this, you know, outlined, um, you know, sheet to go through. Okay, Clyde, what's your name? Where are you from? What, right, what's, yeah. what are you doing today? Like, I just wanted to kind of like, obviously, I want to talk to you about sleep lore. Yep. And then we can talk about whatever else we want to talk about. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world. Yeah. We just got some uh, bad news today uh, with coronavirus. Um, you know, we're, yeah. we're taking a step backwards as far as uh, what we can and can't do here in the uh, wonderful state of Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's unfortunate because it's really affecting the bars and restaurants. Um, it is. Which I think is like the, really the killer when what the announcement was today for, or from uh, Wolf. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's tough. But it is tough. Let's talk about some positive things. Um, real quick, you mentioned shirts for the scene. You mentioned people you know, being very supportive in this area. And I want to uh, quickly thank anyone who has visited that, um, that page. Um, it's shirts for the scene. You can get to that by going to my website, the popcoproject.com. Uh, and what shirts to the scene is, is basically a fundraiser fundraiser. Um, and it's full, it's a store on online and it's full of local musicians from here in Northeastern Pennsylvania. And you can support these artists who have been crushed financially from the uh, pandemic because they haven't been able to play shows. And without playing shows, they have not been able to sell merch uh, unless they do it themselves online, which uh, I think is a different set of struggles or hurdles to to get over. But um, so I thought this would be a great way to, you know, make, give awareness to the fact that artists have suffered this year. Um, And then if you, if you purchase a t-shirt, from said artist, the proceeds from that shirt go right to the artist. So Clyde, you have a shirt for the, um, Republic audio studio, which is your recording studio in Clark summit, as well as your new project sleep lore. So if I were to go buy both of those shirts, 
on that store, the proceeds from those shirts would go back to you. So um, I think we're at like $2,700 uh, in just over a week. So um, I think that's pretty good. I hope it's good. I hope um, I can you know raise a lot of money for, for uh, the local arts here in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, a lot of cool designs from the yeah. bands here. I was really surprised by a lot of those. Not surprised. That's the wrong word to use, but um, it's nice to see them all together. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, you know it's a whole list of just, and you don't even think there's that many bands. And I, I know I don't, I don't have all of them. So if you're listening to this and you want to be part of this project and, and part of the shirts of the scene, please email me a vector file of your logo to info at thepopgoproject.com. I'm working with a company called Axelrad, who I stole the idea from because they did the similar thing back in um, May, June, July-ish. I forget what months it was. They started it. They did the same thing, but for local businesses. Uh, so I just stole the idea from them. Uh, I asked them permission first. Stole the idea from them. And uh, they were on board 100% without even question. And uh, they're doing this for us now for the uh, the local arts. So Amazing. If I don't have your... Yeah, they're great. I mean... I send them new logos. It's up the same day. It's they've been uh, a blessing to uh, partner with. Um, yeah. Or for them, I wouldn't be doing this because uh, I, I I don't have the the uh, ability to do that kind of stuff. Well, they're. I mean, I don't know the guys down there, but I understand they're guys from the scene and everything too. And yep. I mean, they're you know, so they get it. They want to help support. And yep. It's, it's all it's all about that. It goes back to that community, you know. Yeah. So if I don't have your logo and you want to be part of it, please email that to me again. Info at thepopgoproject.com. I will get it to them and I will get it to the store as soon as possible. And we will uh, do our best to raise money for um, everyone involved. But so that's good stuff. Um, But what's, what's been really cool last Friday, like I said earlier, Clyde put out a project called sleep lore and he released his first single under that name called let go. Uh, I have compared it to uh, early Jimmy eat world. Uh, I've compared it to death cab for cutie. There's another band. I cannot, I still cannot figure out what killing band me. it is. Um, it's killing me, dude. Like I, there's two things. Like I, I find myself singing the song often a cause it's good and B cause I'm still trying to figure out who the hell I can compare it to. And I, I hate comparing yeah. bands to other bands because I don't want to like the worst thing you could do is say, Oh, you sound like uh blue October. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck. I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate <band>. those guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I think when you, when you compare it to a, a, a band, like, you know, who has national success, that's, that's a good thing to be compared to, but I'm still trying to figure it out, man. Well, if you figure it out, if it hits you, even if it's a year down the road, whatever, I'd love to know. It um, will hit me eventually. It's so what, hard. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to hear the song and the artist that it reminds me of, right? <clears throat> I'll be like, this sounds familiar to something I've heard before. And then I'll be, uh, I'll forget. Right. That. <laughs> what that other reference is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's old age, man. You know? Um, but it's, it's so hard, like writing music. And I, I, you know, you know this, like I've been involved in music for a long, long time, but um, writing music or even, um, you know, producing music, you get so close to it. It's really, really hard to when you get close to it to say, Oh, well, it sounds kind of like this, or it's, it's a little bit of this with kind of like a, this type of vocal or whatever the case is when it's your own stuff, it's nearly impossible, you know? Sure. And, um, you know, I, I've shared it, you know, now I've shared it with a lot of people, but even beforehand I shared it with a bunch of people just kind of looking for, you know, a little bit of input, um, 
you know, because I, I want to make sure that, you know, I have my sort of expectations set too. Like it might sound like this when, when somebody's asking me and, you know, I've shared some of my thoughts and most people are, you know, would kind of validate whatever, you know, I was telling them, but it's interesting. Some of the other references that come back and it's, um, you know, I've had a couple of, fo- couple people mentioned that it sounds kind of like, um, earlier Midwestern emo kind of stuff, which I, I never really listened to, to be honest. Um, I didn't know so it was a thing. Yeah, it's, well, I guess it is. It's a thing, um, but it's not my down. thing. Let me write this down so I can kind of look this up. Midwest emo. Yeah. So Midwest um, emo. Yeah. Okay. Um, which I think maybe Death Cab would fall into that possibly. I don't know. Um, sure. <laughs> like a sub subset of that. I, I don't really know. But I always, every time I heard emo, to be honest, it was never really like my thing primarily. Um, you know, a couple people said uh, from a vibe standpoint, more like a Pink Floydy type vibe as far as like the cadence of it and everything and the atmosphere and stuff like that. But it's uh, one, one person uh, that I know out in LA um, referenced Pinback which was really cool because um, Pinback is a really neat band. And there's one song they have called Loro, L-O-R-O, that I actually had on my list of references when I was, before I was putting this out, trying to figure out like what has a similar, even just like the guitar that goes through it. It's like a recurring theme, even something like that. Like if I could just settle on one thing. And that was one of the tracks that I, I picked up on. Yeah, well, And that's the part that has me stumped because it, it is the guitar. <clears throat> And that's the part that like reminds me of something else, and I can't think of it. Yeah, there's I don't know, man. It doesn't sound like anything. That's the reality, <laughs> you know. That's and that's why it's so hard. Yeah. You know, to, to different people, it sounds different. I had a couple of people that that said it doesn't sound anything like those references you gave. You're like way off base. But then the next person listens to it, it's like oh, I'm kind of picking up some of these vibes, and I'm like, well, wh- what about this guy? You know, <laughs> so. Yeah, so talk a little bit about the the name of the project, um, when it all kind of started. I, I mean, I'm assuming yeah. it kind of happened during the pandemic. Um, and yeah. then obviously the, the the new song and then what your plans are. So the name Sleep Lower, um, it's really, it really has very little meaning, meaning other than um, the fact that for years I've been kind of writing music, doing different things with, I've done some like music for licensing or, you know, would loan parts of songs to this or that. But, um, I have a whole bunch of stuff that is, has always been sort of like off to the side, like, Oh, that's, that's the Clyde sounding stuff, you know, versus some of the other stuff that I might do with, do other things with. And some of this music over the years, I've been like, all right, I, I really do want to release this. Like, it's not, I'm not, you know, I, it's not that I don't want to release it. It's not, I'm not putting it away to the side because I don't care about it or it's not good or anything like that. Um, I haven't had time for the most part. And then also, which these are all excuses really, but I haven't had time. And, um, they're excuses, but it's also reality. Let's face it. It is. Go ahead. It's, Go ahead. it's a mix of everything. But then the real excuse has been like the last year or so being hung up on a name. And it's, and it's kind of stupid because like, I, I didn't want to just put it out as my name. You know, because it's not really doesn't really roll off the tongue necessarily, you know, right. and I always I always kind of want it to be like one word. I really like band names or artist names that are just like one word, you know. Um, and so I, I've for a long time, I've created like a, a list of just words that I like. Um, I would listen through like a, a playlist from an artist that I like, like a great songwriter like Tom Waits. I would go through a list of his songs, listen to the songs, look at lyrics, pull out words that I like add them to this list. And that would start to accumulate over time. And I'd be like, every once in a while, I go back to and be like, well, it was, would one of these work for a project name? And there's some really cool names in there, but I was never really thrilled 
So a couple months ago, you know, during the pandemic, I was like, all right, well, I have this list now of songs that's growing that I really want to put out. And I also have this giant list of names. So one day I just basically said, screw it. Let me look at the list. I'm going to, the first thing that jumps out at me, that's like a single word. That's kind of cool. Let's go with that. And I was going through, there were a couple other names that, you know, I, I went through prior to this, you know, but, uh, this one came, came through and it stood out and I looked online just to see like, you know, does this have a meaning? Does it, does it mean anything? And it really doesn't, it doesn't have any real meaning. The cool thing is, um, I think when you read or when you hear sleep lore, it kind of feels like it means something or mm-hmm. feels like it might have a meaning, but it really doesn't, at least not that I'm aware of. I hope it doesn't have some meaning, you know, that I'm not aware of, but I, I looked, you know, I couldn't find anything. So something negative like that. Uh, there's a one business in Scranton that uh, I think it's a, a Mexican place. And oh yeah. It's a swear word or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know what it means in English or whatever, yeah. or, or what it means in Spanish uh, or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's not good. <laughs> no, no. And it's, I think they were there for a couple of years or something. And all of a sudden, no idea. All of somebody sudden, yeah. figured out. <laughs> That's yeah. kind so of funny. Like, so he's like, nope, I'm not going to do that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so sleep lore, it doesn't mean anything. Not yet. Apparently it doesn't mean anything, but it, it, like I said, it kind of feels like it means something. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, to, to me, it could mean a couple of things. It could mean like, um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I've had a lot of lack of sleep, you know? Um, so it could mean like, sleep lore, like there's this mythical thing called sleep that I have not experienced in some time, or it could mean like, um, you know, like a dreamy state or almost kind of like, um, there's, there's this, it's called hypnagogia, I, I believe is how you say it, but it's, it's kind of like the state between when you first wake up, it's between, it's the state between sleep and awake. So it's like that really foggy when you first wake up in the morning, that state. And I, I don't know, I love that time, you know, whether it's like waking up in the morning and you're like not quite with it yet, but you have all these thoughts, you know, all these creative thoughts that just run. I love that. Um, so it could mean something like that, you know, it could mean a lot of things, you know? Yeah. I mean, to me, uh, and I think this might be because of the art that you've released for the project. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's, kind of undefined and i think the artwork that you kind of released with it is also kind of leading towards that like mysterious kind of of appearance i guess you could say i don't i don't even know but the artwork is phenomenal um i know we we talked about where you got some of it from but um the the photos you had done of yourself by keith perks were also fantastic keith is a yeah. A great photographer here in northeastern Pennsylvania. He actually did uh, the logo for um, my project, and I'm thrilled with how that came out. Um, so going did back to what I said before, it's it's very cool to have creative people here uh, in this area to uh, help out with things. Yeah, we've got a, a lot of great creative people here. Um, definitely shout out to Keith. He did an awesome job in the photos. I I shared with him a document of like some reference photos that I really liked. And as soon as I sent them over, he's like, oh yeah, I love that photographer. And like, we just started talking about all this stuff, ideas. And then, um, you know, we're trying to pin down a date. And that was one of the, one of the, you know, later things that was kind of like, you know, in my mind, holding me back from like the release of the first song or whatever. I was like, I need photos. I need good photos. I don't want to put anything out there without having sort of an image, you know? And, um, so we pinned down a date and it was like, it was, it was almost kind of like last minute, you know? And, um, we ended up going to a friend of mine, um, Derek, his, his, uh, church in ransom PA. And, um, it's like this old Lutheran church that he bought 
five, 10 years ago. I don't even know how long ago it was, but um, really cool place that I've always loved. So we ended up going there for the photos and she did them all there and it's turned out great. But Keith did a great job for sure. Yeah. And they're also, you know, there's a kind of shadowy, so it's kind of, again, mysterious uh, imagery and yeah. yeah, it goes with the vibe. It, it definitely mm-hmm. for the, um, for the first three or four songs, it goes with the vibe of the stuff. So the first track, Let Go, that came out last Friday is definitely, um, you know, pretty much everybody that, that's heard it and, you know, gave me thoughts at this point is basically said, like, it's a vibe track, you know, and it just kind of, you listen to it, it kind of puts you in this mood, puts you in the state. Um, there's a very, it's a very simple song, uh, but it's texturally, you know, sort of rich. There's different things going on. Uh, and there's like a, a pretty simple message to it as well, like lyrically. And I'm, I'm not necessarily like a, uh, I don't know, like a crafty lyricist or anything like that. Like I don't consider myself a brilliant songwriter or anything. I've got a, like this one's super easy. So any like real songwriters that are listening to this are going to be like that song, he calls that a song, you know, but yeah. um, it's a vibe track, but the, um, the, the sort of the feel and the theme of it goes with the next few tracks that um, I plan on putting out. And the next one, which, um, is it's it's done right now it's called weighted and um i I keep going back and forth in the mix on it a little bit because it it, this one started as a pretty simple song too uh i added a bridge to it at some point but then over the last couple i don't know maybe probably the last two months i've added in some additional instrumentation and it's just grown into this like epic monster of a song and it's like it's there's a lot going on with it so from a mix standpoint i'm trying to make sure all of that sort of comes through, but also doesn't sort of overshadow the, the original song itself, you know, at, at the uh, foundation of it. So it should be a really interesting one, you know? So do you plan on le- releasing the just like singles, you know, one after the next or, and then yeah. release a full length or an EP or whatever you want to call it, or what's the plan? My thought is um, right now I've probably got three or four that I'm going to do as singles. They could be an EP. I could do maybe, you know, two or three and then an EP, something like that. Um, but you know, the, the, my thought is, is continue to put singles out. I've got the material to be able to just kind of continuously put stuff out every, I don't know, six to eight weeks, something like that. Keep, keep it kind of flowing out there. Keep uh, people engaged. But I also have, um, sort of other silos of songs that kind of have a different sound to them. So there's, there's one batch of songs that I have that's a little bit more, you know, alternative, a little bit more rocking and, um, I'm really excited about it actually. And so that one's kind of like eating at me from behind right now. Like these, these couple of songs that I have and um, the challenge with those ones is I really want to do some proper recording of like the drums and things like that. And I want to have people in the studio doing that. And it's just right now with everything going on with the, um, you know, COVID and everything that's been really hard, but um, I'm really excited about those ones. So that one might end up being batch more as like an EP because it's going to be a different sound than these singles. And it's, you know, kind of like a whole, uh, whole new image maybe, you know, right. but we'll see. And I'm not trying to plan out your future for you, but I mean, is this a, is this like a, a project that you want to kind of, you know, continue with long-term or is this like a one-off and you're like, okay, you know, I did that. I'm happy with it On to the next or is there a plan? Yeah. I mean, I hope to, honestly make and put out music the rest of my life. So whether sleep lore, the name in it, you know, and what it is, is always going to be that sort of, um, you know, face to it. I'm not totally sure, but, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, so I, I think the sleep lore thing is going to be around for a while. 
but I also wouldn't close off any doors to other types of names or projects, things like that, that could have sort of a similar approach, you know? Gotcha. So, and you said you were, you know, wanted to bring people in. How much of it can you do on your own? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, so I could, I could pretty much do all of it on my own. Um, but when you bring other people in and you collaborate with people, it just adds something. It's like the difference. It, it's like, you know, a lot of the bands that I work with, a lot of the people that, um, you know, whether they're a solo artist or currently in a band at, at that time, whatever the case is. And, you know, we sort of talk about the difference between, you know, one person writing all the parts for the song and, and the way that might sound. And it's, you know, it'll be like very precise. It's everything that they had in mind versus if you show up with a band or a group of people and you bring that same song it's going to be different, maybe better, maybe worse. You know, who's, who's to say, but it's going to be different. And that's the beauty of having different people playing. That's the beauty of having a band is, you know, it's always going to be a little bit different. There's always going to be some subtle variation and um, it just adds a different element. And I think for, you know, I I know enough, I guess about uh, music at this point to kind of say with like that style of music, bringing in other people and sort of adding those variables to it. Um, it adds a little excitement, adds some dynamics and, um, you know, it's just fun to have other people to to play with, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I was bummed out that I couldn't, uh, play the, the new song on uh, the radio. Um, but you've had, you had your, your music played on the radio prior to this. Um, yeah. uh, what's that like? I, I get, I get, I get asked a lot or I used to whatever, um, you know, is it, is it still cool for bands to have their songs on the radio? And I know what my answer is. So as a musician to have, you know, your music heard on the radio, what, what, what kind of, uh, what does that do for you? So first I was totally bummed that I could not have the song on your show. That's in all sincerity. Like, it sounds silly, but like, you know, thinking through the, up to this release and everything, I was like, Oh, I'm going to hit a pop go. And you know, he'll probably play my song. That would be really cool. You know? Um, so very bummed, but, um, you know, thankfully there were some other, uh, you know, DJs and whatnot around the area and outside the area that have been really, um, receptive. And, um, it's really neat because especially just as a, a creative person to have your work put out there and know that it's just being broadcast out to all these different people that's neat in, in itself, but it's also nice to know, um, you know, when you have someone that's not just kind of blowing smoke and being nice to, about your song saying like, yeah, that's really good. It's good job, pal, you know, or, or whatever the, the remarks the might be. Like, yeah, that's a great song. And just delete whatever, you know? Um, cause if they're going to put it on the air, that means it has to have passed hopefully some type of standards that, you know, at least in, in most cases, and, uh, so that's, that's a nice thing too, but I'll say like every, um, every time it's been on the radio so far, I've listened. So it's exciting. It's cool. It is. Uh, and that's kind of the answer that I've given. It's, um, anyone can put their music on, you know, Spotify, Apple music, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I make a joke that, you know, this silly podcast is on Spotify. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> they let this on there. Let anything it's, on. it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. Right. But with the radio, it's like, you got to send it in or you, ha- you know, you have to know somebody or it ha- like you said, it has to, someone has to have heard it and say, okay, this is, you know, this is decent enough to, to play yeah. uh, or like think it's amazing and, and, you know, want to share it with the, uh, the listener. So 
I think, you know, and everyone says all oh, radio and, you know, the digital age is dead. And I work in radio. I see what it can do. Uh, and it's not dead. Uh, obviously, just like anything else, you know, traditional media, it has taken, you know, it's hit, you know, but it'll always be free. Yeah. And it'll always be, still be in the car. So it's like, yeah. it's still, it's still a powerful medium. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I'm in advertising. So, you know, people say, Oh, you know, that doesn't work. It's like, okay, well, how about if I put an ad on the radio that says you will be giving away hundred dollar bills to the first hundred people to walk in your door on Saturday, would you do it? And they're going to say, no, <laughs> you wouldn't do it. Cause you're afraid. Right. You're afraid it's going to work. People would listen to that. Right. Well, people would hear it and say, okay, I'll, I'll walk in your door for a yeah. dollars, you know, no big deal. So. Yeah, it's, it's true, man. I think, I think, I mean, you know, better than anybody, but I think the, the audience has, you know, molded a little bit, you know, transformed and sort of the way that people listen to terrestrial radio is definitely different than it was 10 years ago or even maybe five, but there's definitely still an audience and it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of cool. It's, it's almost, I almost look at it like, um, I was talking to somebody the other day about, I think they were saying they were in a bowling league they were sharing that with me. And I'm like, I really respect bowling. I'm terrible at it, <laughs> but I really respect it because I feel like it's like a classic sport bowling and, you know, playing uh, pool or billiards or whatever. Like, I feel like those are like lost sports that, you know, they're Darts. really respectable and they're, you know, they're these classic games that, um, you just will never go away, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, COVID has, has destroyed bowling. I don't know if you heard, wow. but today was, they, they also shut down bowling alleys absolutely how dare you show some respect man Ugh. yeah the first thing i want to do when i get up tomorrow is go uh, grab a bowling ball that somebody had in their hands yesterday when's the last time you went bowling oh my god um last time i was at a bowling alley or last time i actually went bowling i think the last uh, time you went bowling yeah it's been years i'm good for like once a year i used to do like the bowl for kids sake every year that's cool so that was like my one one time a year uh event yeah and my arm would always be destroyed the next day <laughs> yeah well if you're practicing it every day but you're using muscles you don't even use on a normal basis you know yeah, i don't use muscles ever well there's it's that too foolish but, foolish but that, muscles but that's what i mean it's like a lost sport you know that's uh there's these yeah. guys rolling you know out there with uh like a giant muscles in one arm or whatever because they bowl all the time you know like this is from I'm bowling sure. right <laughs> exactly this is my bowling arm yeah totally <laughs> oh my, God. my brother uh is a an excellent bowler he actually uh i think he was still in the league to this day uh you know you know with the COVID or not i, I don't know if that that has you know kept him from being in leagues but He's bowled, I think, I want to say three or four, 300 games, which is the, if those of you who don't know, uh, bowling 300 is like the best you can do. And I was like, if I bowl 300, I'm quitting that day. Like I'm done. Full George Costanza, I'm out. Yeah. If, you know, if I'm golfing and hit a hole in one, done. Oh yeah. That's it. You know, like it's just, you you don't get better than that, you know? Yeah. yeah, He's done it three or four times, I think. So. Wow. Yeah, I never had a hook. So, like, you know, he's got that nice sweeping hook that, like, yeah. I think you have to have. Like, I'm a, I've always been a precision guy. I've been a, a pitcher. I was a really good uh, uh, shooter in basketball. Uh, I'm good at darts. 
Um, so I was always like, I, I always do the ball straight, but I would do the straight, like slightly to the right of the, the front pin or to the yeah. left, which always kind of fared well. Cause it's kind of the same concept kind of, but, uh, I mean, without having that curve, I think you're, you're dead in the water as that's, far as that's a skill. I just, I think about trying to go execute that. Like I think about if I walked up to the lane right now and I tried to have that kind of like hook on it, I would fall right on my face. I just yeah. know that somehow my balance would be off. I'd be trying to throw the thing down there and I would just fall right in my face. You know, at this point in my life, I'd probably break my wrist. Mm, fragile. Yeah. yeah. Again, it goes well, to that old age thing. You know? I mean, I, uh, I had some blood work done recently and my, my cholesterol came back not too hot. So yeah. it's like, shit, what do I do, what do, I do now? Yeah. And the bacon every morning, you know? I don't eat bacon every morning. It's 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 the, probably the beer. Probably beer's not good. Yeah. So I don't know if I have to like cut that out. So I was like, well, I can't stop tonight. I'm talking to Clyde. That's right. <laughs> it's all the little things. And you know what? A lot of people are saying during this whole COVID thing and everything, you get a pass. Like for now, showing up is okay. You know? And I'm okay I with mean, that. I wish I, w- I wish I would have had a better... So, I went for blood work for a different reason, but I also had what I also had was supposed to get regular blood work done. So I'm like, yeah, do both at the same time. I'm, I'm here. Right. And uh, she's like, did you fast? I said, no, did I have to? She's like, well, you're supposed to. I said, well, I got, I got that ordered like probably well before the pandemic even hit. So I was like, yeah, I didn't, I don't remember if they told me to or not. So like, I'm just here for this. So if you can't do that as well, then that's fine. Just now nah, we'll, we'll do it. I'll let them know that, you know, you didn't fast prior to this. And I came back and my wife saw it. She's like, that's not good. And I'm like, well, I, I did, I, I did eat prior. She's like, Oh, well, what'd you have? And I said, well, I actually, I was good. I had a salad. I had iceberg lettuce. I had uh, green olives, cucumbers, tomatoes. I think the worst thing that was on there was probably the blue cheese dressing. And she's like, Oh, I'm like, what? I thought that was good, right? She's like, I actually wish that you had like McDonald's today <laughs> prior to this oh, blood man. work. <laughs> I'm like, shit, am I, am I going to die? She's like, no, but you got to like take care of yourself. I'm like, yeah, I guess I should probably do that. I, I think a lot about that. What kills me is like, I don't know. I, f- I just feel like over the last couple of months, I haven't had like enough fresh food around, you know? Really? Um, I feel like at least at least in every meal, I have to have something fresh. You know, I try to whether I like it or not, try to throw something in there, you know? Well, I wish I would have done the blood work prior to October and then blood work end of October, because as you know, I did sober October. So I wish I would have like kind of like seen the, the the pros and cons of, of the drinking. So I didn't, I should have done it. I didn't do it. Uh, I'll blame it on COVID-19 because here we are. That's it. But I mean, you're a father and like, that's, that's kind of where my mindset is now too. Cause that's why I'm even more scared Yeah, is because like, yeah, I have this uh, picture frame on my desk and it's digital. So it rotates through all these photos. Right. And so I'll sit at my desk and like, I'll just see photos of my family and of my son. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I can't imagine like, what if I'm not, what, what if I like, I die. I can't imagine a not being here to see him grow up. And like, you know, I lost my father when I was 22. So like, I would hate for him to go through life without having a father. Yeah. And it sucks to think about. That's what sucks about getting old. It's just, is, um, you know, things you have to think about and. Yeah. 
What I'm I wouldn't give to be t- 21 and uh, just that carefree and just say, oh fuck it. God. I feel like, you know, I think about that sometimes. I feel like, like when I look back at like when I was 21 or even whatever age and I'm like, I don't know if you get this feeling too, but I always feel like I've lived multiple lifetimes. I feel like I've done so many things in my life. It's, it's so bizarre. Maybe I'm just nuts, but um, I just feel like if I look back in my life, I have these different eras well, sure. And I've done different things. It's There's just different so segments. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many jobs you've had, but I mean, you've, you've been in different bands. So there's, there's probably those segments of your life. Like yeah. me, me, like I can go off of like, you know, I was at my first, you know, part-time job for 16, five or six years. And I was at the weekender for nine years. And I've been at Tom Shamrock for seven. So like, I kind of live, or I kind of look back in time and, and, and kind of segment them in, in those, those different areas. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've like, have like maybe three or four lives. So yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's weird, but it's kind of neat, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I don't know about your parents, but I mean, my parents, um, you know, my mom has been working at the same place since she was like 14 years old. And yeah. I think that generation, you know, they, they got the job, they got, you know, they worked there for 40 years, got the gold watch and all right, we'll see you later. Yep. It's not like that these days. It's not at all. It's, and it's, I think that trajectory has really accelerated over the last couple of years too. Like we are, if you've heard of the term, the gig economy, you know, like there are so many people just working multiple jobs nowadays. Like there might be one that, you know, kind of just keeps them afloat and the other ones are to make sure they have the money to do the things they want, or it might be three or four jobs just to keep afloat or whatever the case might be. I mean, especially we talk about today with so many people losing their jobs during the pandemic, so many musicians, artists, people in um, you know the service industry, like they're just doing all these random things. Yeah. Um, it's amazing for some people that they're able to, not everybody is, but it's amazing that there are outlets out there. And I think that's encouraging. You know? it, I mean, I have so much respect for people. I, I feel badly that they have to have like three jobs to make ends meet. But I also have like a ton of respect that they, they'll they'll do that because that's what it takes. Yeah. Because I think about like, God forbid I ever lost my job or, you know, got in that position where I had to do that. Like I'm the type of person, I like to focus on one thing. I don't like to have like, if I had two jobs, I feel like I would, I would, I would be more into one of them. And then the second one would kind of just like go by the wayside. Yeah. I like to be able to like, all right, this is my job and I'm going to do it 110% and that's all there is to it. Um, but like, even just like managing those, like, you know, all right, you know, because if it's, if it's two or three different gigs, it's probably not consistent hours or maybe it is, maybe yeah. it's, you know, certain days of the week at this time and then they go to the next one. But like, it's just, it's a lot of jockeying. And then you add into like, you know, family and, and children. It's like, yeah, how do you do that? And I, I can't give enough credit to these parents these days that are like, teaching their children and i don't know how how old you're two and a half two and a half oh okay i thought i thought she was older than that for some reason no uh well yeah two and where are we at now well two in like 10 months okay i don't know why i thought she was older but whatever but i mean i i consider myself lucky my wife and i both work we both have to work um and i don't know what we would do if we had to you know, school our, our child. I don't know how people do it. It's tough, man. Um, I mean, I see people all over people posting on social media about it. So, and it's, you know, it's great when people can kind of make a joke out of it, 
But when you have to be fully attentive to something like your job, but then you have, you know, a two, three, four, five, you know, whatever year old, like a, maybe a school age child at home that really needs that focus and that attention to be able to help them, help support them in their learning process. It's impossible. So I don't know yeah. what the, you know, what's going to, I don't know what the, um, you know, the outcome for these kids is going to be, if it's just going to be kind of like a blip in the radar or, you know, if there's going to be some type of something that comes from it, but um, it's interesting, man. It's a whole different generation. Yeah. I, I hope nothing happens uh, to them over this. Cause I, I just, you know, not that before I had a child, like I didn't care about kids, but you know, obviously now that, you know, a father, it's like, I don't want anything bad to, yeah. <laughs> to happen to him and, you know, impact him in a negative manner. Um, but they're so innocent, like they're so yeah. innocent and they just kind of go with the flow and they're, it's just like, I just hope that this isn't going to affect them long-term. It's, it's weird. Like I worry about for my daughter, I worry about the social socialization and, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it gets hard at certain points, you know, like, but the, I'll tell you, like there are, when you talk about like, they're so innocent, my daughter said the most, um, the most beautiful thing to me the other night, she was, uh, I think, I think I was putting her to bed or maybe it was after she was done eating or something like that. But she just looks over to me and gave, gave me a hug. She said, dad, you're my best friend. And I'm like, Oh my God. I just like melted instantly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I got to start writing my, my kid stuff down. Cause he's now he's, he's, he'll be three then this month. And he's just saying some like off the wall stuff that like makes me laugh hysterically. That's awesome. And it just like, it, it's almost rapid fire now. I, I got to write it down because I, I just forget. <laughs> but That's yeah, great. I mean, I, I, you know, my life went the way it did for certain reasons. Um, you know, my wife was in school for a long time. Uh, we wanted to make sure we were financially ready to have, have a child and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But, uh, I wish, you know, we had him when I was at third, I was 35. I just turned 35 and I wish we would have done it sooner just because like, I want to be that old dad. And I also like, like right now, if I bend over and try and get up, my knee hurts. Uh, I have high cholesterol. We just found out today. So, I mean, <laughs> it's all these I don't know, man. I wish I was, I wish I, I would have done this earlier. I think the same things. And like, so, you know, I could have, could have had a, a kid earlier or whatever, but, um, you know, I don't know. I've had back pain since I was like 16 from carrying <laughs> giant guitar amps sure. around. So, you know, who knows, but I also look at like, you know, these dudes out there, they're like 60 years old and they're all ripped. And I'm like, I still have time, you know, that's cool. I can make that happen. Yeah, but you know what's going to happen? You're going to be six years old and you're going to be like, you know what? I don't know how old you are. What are you, 40? No, uh, 36. You're younger than I am? Jesus. I, I don't know why I thought you were older. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's uh time has not been well to me, I guess, you know? No, it's not that at all. I just, <laughs> I see. So when I see like people in bands and musicians, I mean, I, I feel like when I watch college football, I feel like those kids who are like 18 yeah. are like older than I am. Yeah. But I just feel like these people who like, you know, like you're, you've been in bands, forever you yeah. know when, when i first met you you were in a band so i saw yep. you on stage i just assumed it, it just that's just like my brain just assumed you were older than me i've been playing in like playing music in bars since i was like 13 14 years old so jesus know, sneaking me in now, the back door to play, feel, play a set with a band you know ah uh, now i feel really old that's all right Man. we're both old so you know 
Well, you, and you're wise too, Clive. You're you're wise, and that's why I thought you're older too. You're very you're very intelligent. You're um, the way the way you think through things, and I I think I got that just from uh, you know how we talked about what I was doing and the pointers it gave me, and it's also the way you. Uh, and I think it goes to what you do with the recording studio. Uh, I don't want to say mentor, but maybe that's a word. I don't, I don't know if that's the word to use, but like you just kind of have this persona that kind of makes you seem older because like, you know, you're smart, you're wise and, and you're kind of guiding, so to speak. Yeah. I, so. I thank you. I appreciate that. I think, um, I, th- I don't, I think you're right. I mean, I think I, I definitely have that, but I think, I don't know what attributes to that, but maybe it's, um, you know, the fact that I, I feel like I've had a lot of really good mentors myself. Um, you know, and, and that's invaluable. Mm-hmm. You know, I truly believe in, you know, having a mentor, having someone that you can kind of go to for certain things, whatever that is and in, in all aspects of life, whether it's work related, personal, creative, whatever it is. Um, so I don't know. I, and I, and I do believe there's a saying, and I think it's, I don't know. I think it was like, uh, uh, to, to those who much is given, much is expected. And I feel like I've been given a lot of opportunity, honestly. And the difference between, I think certain people is those who take advantage of the opportunity and those who don't, but, um, you know, you have that opportunity in front of you. Like, how do you, how do you harness it? How do you take advantage of it? And sometimes having a good mentor helps you to be able to execute to your greatest potential, you know, just kind of helps you see what your value is and kind of where you can show up different. So who would you say are some of those people who uh, you saw as mentors? Um, I've had, I've had a, a number of mentors. Um, I'll say there's, uh, from a work-related standpoint, um, there's a woman named Linda Gerard that, um, that uh, uh, I go to often. I actually, she used to be my boss at one point, and um, I left her team. And, uh, you know, I uh, always think about, like, what would happen if I stayed and everything. But she's always still been there, even though I left. And she's been really helpful from a professional standpoint. Um, I actually just lost a, a mentor of mine. Um, her name was Delia Sumrall who passed away. She was a former professor of mine. And, um, you know, she was, she was awesome because she would, um, she, she was a professor. She was smart. She was, you know, she would help with, with everything academically, but she was so personable and she was from down South. And, um, you know, she lived nearby me here actually. And, um, you know, I got to actually worked uh, for her as her graduate assistant. Um, and she was like very just, she was so personal. She welcomed everyone into her home. She actually had all of her students over at the end of the semester to come over for like a big cookout. And when you would go over there, she'd like, every, everything that was hers was yours. You know, she was just so welcoming and, you know, everything she would teach through everything that she did. And that was super helpful. Um, so those are more like on the, I guess, like professional and like academic life. Um from a, from a music standpoint, um, man, I've, I've had so many, I think early on, one of my early sort of, uh, I guess mentors and inspirations was, uh, my brother-in-law, Mike Savro, um, who plays in a band called the crystal skies and uh, he's been playing forever. Um, and he's one of the people that, you know, back in the day when I was 13, 14 years old would be sneaking me into the back of the, the bar to, uh, come in and, and play music. And, you know, it was awesome. It was like, you know, to, to be like, you know, a kid in high school, that's like not even supposed to be in a place like that and be able to get up on stage and play with a bunch of, you know, guys that are a couple years older than you or whatever. Like that was amazing, you know? Um, so, so that's, and he's, he's always been a good person to go to for that stuff. 
Um, there's been so many people throughout the years, you know? Yeah. I hope you didn't take any, uh, offense to me thinking you were 40. No, uh, no, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you think I'm more mature than I might yeah, actually I be. Just, I just, you know, you're well-spoken <laughs> like you're, you know, like I said, like you just, you're, you're yeah, you got that, that vibe, you know? Yeah. I appreciate it. I mean, you don't look 40. I'm just, I just felt like, you thank know, you for life, your life experience, yeah. you know, yeah. you to 40. That's awesome. And that's um, probably true though. I mean, like, you know, who else is playing bars at 13 years old? I wasn't. <laughs> that's what, that's why like, I, I go back to saying like, I feel like I've lived many lives at this point. It's really bizarre, you know, and it's, and it's almost like, you know, I mentioned earlier in like the hypnagogic state, like when you kind of between like sleeping and awake or whatever, like I'll lay there and think about this, like, you know, like if I'm in that state, like, am I, am I really like, have I been on this earth like 36 years or am I really like 300 years old in some ways? Am I reincarnate? And I'm remembering, I mean, I, I probably don't actually think those things, but right. sometimes when you daydream, you think like, did I, like, I just, I look back at certain periods of my life and I'm like, it seems like so long ago. Like, it seems like so long ago that I was, I was living with John Phillips. AKA oh, I'm and, sorry. You lived with just, that guy? I know. I know. Yeah. We lived oh, together for a couple God. of years. It, yeah. It was, it was like everything in the house, like sticky from hairspray. Uh, no. Like, everything, uh, like, <laughs> everything's sticky. Yeah. <laughs> if he used hairspray. Did he, he use hairspray? If I remember correctly, he used gel. And if, gel. I don't know that he'll watch this, but I think it was like American crew gel. And because I, I remember oh, I used he'll to watch steal this. it from him. Um, I will, I will like tag him in this and like <laughs> to make sure he watches very, it. be very mysterious about how he was involved and he'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. Make him, I'll make sure he, we'll he get was, one, we'll get one view or one listen. Exactly. Uh, it's worth it. I'll, let's think of all the people who can mention to get a view. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like you, he was another person at that point in my life. He was a mentor. You know, yeah. I really looked at him as that. I looked at him as a brother and I still do. Like we don't talk the way we used to talk. And I honestly, I, I think I ran into him. Um, at the Chamber of Commerce Gala, like earlier this year, late last year, whenever, I don't even know, seems like an eternity ago itself, but whenever that was for the Scranton Chamber of Commerce, um, I happened to be there for whatever reason. And he was there and like, you know, it was just so great running into him. And I feel like it was funny because I think it was, it was just before that. It was sometime in the fall. I was out in Los Angeles and um, he heard that I was heading out to LA. So he texted me. He's like, Hey, I heard you're going to be in LA. We should meet up. And I'm like, well, when are you in LA? He's like, well, I'm there this week. And I'm like, ah, oh, well, I'm there next week, but I live 20 miles away. So why don't we just get together? You know, like instead of having to go to LA to get together, like we live so close, you know, yeah. it was just funny. Yeah. You know? He's doing well for himself too. Yeah, he is. That's, I'm happy for him. It's funny. I, I feel like that band hour after, like you guys, that, that, that whole unit, um, Cause you, you spent some time in that band. Yep. Um, it's kind of doing very well for themselves as, as you know, if you, if you look at it in the individually, um, yeah. which is good to say, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool, man. Different era. You know, that, those were, that time period was an amazing time period. I feel like for music, at least, I don't think it's just this area. I think it's just in general. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, when were you in that band? Like 2006? Yeah. Around yeah. then. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, I just went, I just joined the weekender in 05. I was intern in 04. So like the early 2000s, early, early, no, mid to late 2000s for me were like the best years of my life. Yeah. And there's so many things that happened between 2005 and 2010 
for me personally that were just like incredible. Yeah. Um, just the stuff that I did with bands, you know, doing, you know, travel with bands. I, were you in the band hour after when they did that like, like small bus tour? It was like yeah. all around hour the country. after lesson one. Yep. Yeah. It was like 14 dudes in one van. That was, yeah. that. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was that, but like, I mean, I did, I, I wrote about lesson one. I did some traveling with them. I lived with some of those guys. Um, yeah. We did some bus trips to, to New York city, to CBGBs, which was awesome because that closed. Like I want to yeah. say a few years after, maybe even sooner than that. I forget. Yeah. Um, but I, there was so many, like the weekender for me was such a uh, like definitive part of my life that I'll never forget. I'll never regret. I, I mean, I will be thankful for those moments till the day I die. And it's funny because what I want to do um, and I haven't told anyone else this, uh, except for the people that I want to interview. I want to do, uh, as part of this, this, this podcast, I want to do like, kind of like a, where are they now? Yeah. Uh, interview series with like, you know, get Rachel Pugh and oh yeah, uh, all those people who like, I mean, cause I think, I think, and, and again, I, I'm so close to it in the years of 05 to, you know, left in 2013, but from 05 to 07, 08, like there was this core group of us that were like, we were there for an extended period of time because I mean, the weekender was always seen as this like stepping stone, like, Oh, you work there for a year and you go on to the next thing. Well, we had this core of, of people that yeah. were just kind of like, it all were like a family. Yeah. It all, it, it, we were. And it's funny to say that because there's, there's, there's moments where we fought like family. Sure. We were like yeah. brothers and sisters. Like, um, and so I can't wait to, to kind of have them on. Cause I want to like, you know, where we were at that moment of our lives is like a complete 180 from where we are now. Like we've got kids, yeah. we were like in, in, in different careers almost sometimes some of us like, so it's gonna be a lot of fun to kind of just uh, go back in time and kind of relive those moments. And I'm excited for that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's it should awesome. be fun. So if anyone hears this and steals my idea, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get them all scheduled first, you know, at no. least. Well, I mean, I'm announcing it now. So if, if it happens, I know you stole it. This is me announcing it. Don't do it. I, I always say, man, that when you, or at least I was always told, like when you record it, it's copyrighted. So, yeah. you know, but try me, it. try me. That's it. It's here. Documented, time stamped, digitally. Yeah. Unfortunately, there'll probably be a, a a few that I will not talk to. Yeah. Just well, apart, you know, it happens. Estranged family members. That always happens. You know? Yeah. Those, those the one uncle cousins you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a great time though. It really it was. was. It was. I look back at the time and I look, I find old photos from then. I find, I used to love, like I have a couple, um, I was fortunate enough to make it on like the cover of a couple of them with those, like for the concert for a cause thing. And, um, I, those are some of my favorite covers. I've, I've got like two or three of them and like saved somewhere. Um, I remember doing one that when I was back in college, I don't remember if it was, I think I, so I was an hour after and the collective at the same time for a period. And, um, but I think I, I don't try to remember when it actually was maybe 2005 this was, but, um, I was actually over in England doing a study abroad and I got the the ask or whatever to do like a, a photo for the concert for a cause thing or whatever. So I was at Stonehenge and I did a picture at Stonehenge. It was awesome. It was so cool. Yeah. 
Those are great shows too. I mean, it just, there was so many moments um, that I, I will always remember. I, it just, yeah. and that, that, that for me was a, a segment of my life that I feels like that was like one of my lives. Yeah. And I, I mean, it very well could have been because I, I did some damage to my liver, my body those years. Well, I mean, you know, everything's an experience and yeah. uh, we take from it what we will, you know. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for that. It's true. If it wasn't for, you know, I was an intern in 2004. Uh, my my boss at the time was uh, Christina Dugan. Uh, I think she was by Christina Romantic or something like that now. But married, children, yep. or maybe one child that I don't really remember. Um, but like, you know, the editor at the time, no, I'm sorry, the GM at the time, Christy Greer, She now she's now Christy Greer Saruti. You know, different different career, married, uh, kid. Um, and of course, Rachel Pugh. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just it just it's a long line of just like, and they were important people. I think in the scene at that time, it just it really shaped. I think the entertainment scene and the the, the industry in this area. Um, it just I. I I'll never forget those days. I met my wife at the weekend. She was, I was uh, taking care of the model of the week and she was a model of the week. And <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I remember, I, I think I was a model of the week at once. You were a man of the week. Yeah. That. yeah, I believe it. They, I mean, they were, I mean, there's a lot of weeks, so, you know. Oh yeah, 52 every year. Yeah. They got desperate at one point. <laughs> no, it, it's a shame uh, what happened to that product. I mean, yeah. and there's a, a a plethora of reasons why I, I mean, so I don't think it exists anymore. I think it's, it stopped printing before the pandemic and was kind of online. It was really weird. Like, yeah, it kind of updates stories here and there, but then the pandemic killed it. And I mean, they can probably use that as, as an excuse as to why yeah. it's never going to come back. But <sighs> there's so many things about that. Like, I look back and you can go on YouTube and look at videos. Like when Mike Lillo was there, we did week sessions. We were doing like on site, like acoustic things. Like we yeah. went with the, the guy from, uh, shit. Oh, what's his name? Strand of Oaks. Oh yeah. He, he did, uh, like five songs. We were on the dock of a, uh, a house or a, a dock on uh, Harvey's Lake. And he did this incredible, like, like I said, three or four song um, show that we recorded. It was, it was such a cool moment. And like, I feel like we were, and that was like 2010, I want to say, maybe 2009. I feel like we were almost ahead of our time to, a, to an extent. Like we were doing things and we had no support, no financial backing from the company itself. Like we were just doing things because like, this is where this is going to head. Yeah. And shame on them for not like seeing that appreciating what we were doing and, and really making the focus because I think that thing could have lived online if done the right way. Um, maybe not to the success it had in prints, you know, prior yeah. to Facebook and things like that. But I think it definitely could have had a place and it's a shame that um, it's not, yeah, it is, man. I mean, the good thing is, though, there was a period of time that, you know, you experienced, I experienced to some extent where yeah. Weekender was on top. The people yeah. uh, involved were always there 
at all the events. Like it was such a great time period. It was. Know? It really was. Never forget it. for that. Yeah. That was one of my lives. Yep. Same here. <laughs> Maybe man. two. Maybe two. Man, I'll never forget during that time period when I, I turned 21 when I was in the collective and for like six months straight, it was my 21st birthday <laughs> at, at all the shows, you know? hilarious oh. be like either kermit or uh or g would be like hey it's this guy's 21st birthday you know like it's awesome yeah, it's funny because you know back then and even before then like those like bands would party yeah like, bands would like i remember some shows at lesson one and some of the members there just being like yeah. out of their mind i don't even mention names but yeah uh i, <laughs> I had to drive one of them back home to you know, from hiles uh that's so funny I, I one night, um, speaking of getting home from Hiles, I, uh, Hiles was a great place actually, but I, um, it's gone yeah, I torn know. down. That's insane. I almost thought when I saw it come for sale, I was like, I would buy that. I don't know what I would do with it. <laughs> Wait, what it you it's probably it? disgusting inside, Yeah, but what a cool place, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, I actually walked to now my wife when she was living with her parents in Scranton, I walked from Hiles with the two of us walked home the one night um, to her, her uh, parents' house. She was like, she was, she convinced me. She was like, it's only, it's, not, it's like a mile. It's not that far. It was like, <laughs> like 10 miles. Like, I don't know. It felt like 20. Like it took us like an hour and a half, two hours to get there. Oh crazy. no. But that's funny. Nuts. How'd you meet your wife? That's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I met at school and uh, yeah, that was it, man. You know, I saw her, uh, saw her on campus there. She, um, actually worked at the library and uh it's like a oh, library chick you know that's cool so. <laughs> watch out for those quiet ones i know right <laughs> but yeah fun times oh man well i we could probably talk all night about our uh our younger years i know but so i know many that of them I, being this old you know i know you're like 40 so <laughs> Oh God! I I I I just assumed you were older, just because you're so wise. I feel but old, you know. I, most days, I I thought that today was going to be my death day. The way my you know everything gets misread through text, right? Oh yeah. So I I said, make sure you go get blood work. I'm worried about like you know the labs getting not, not shut down, but like you know having oh, yeah, to prioritize sure. different things according to you know the COVID limitations and whatever. I'm like, oh, I went yesterday. Uh, actually, the, the doctor's office called me this morning. They said, um, you know, this was a little high. And I said, oh, yeah, eight, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we're not worried, but we just want to let you know. So I said, okay, cool. So she said, you know, make sure you get that done. I said, yeah, I was there. They called me and said this. And she's like, let me, let me uh, look at your, your uh, results. So I sent her the results. She's like, oh, my God, this is high. This is too high. And she's like, in the medical field. So she's yeah, like, yeah. overreacting. And she's just like, we need to like address this. And I'm like, am I going to fucking die? Oh man. Like, I just got to know, am I going to die? I got home today. I'm like, I feel like I'm a dead man walking right now. She's like, no, you just got to make sure you take care of yourself. I'm like, well, I, guess, I guess I can't have beers tonight with Clyde. And she's like, no, you can. I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, it's Clyde. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's no biggie. Said, okay, cool. Cause I'm going to anyways. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to fix my life tonight. Yeah. It's It's crazy, man. Honestly, though, everything in moderation, you know, I feel like got to eat some fresh food, 
you got to exercise a little bit. Well, Clyde, you know what? I had every intention of going to the gym tomorrow, but I can't now because COVID said I can't. It, I had every intention. Like tomorrow was going to be the start of my, my new life. I was going to go to the gym every day and here we are. Can't do Excuses. it. Excuses. Where's that bow flex? <laughs> Whip that bad boy out. You know, I, uh, I mean, excuses. I'm, I'm about to say something. I, I realized I'm going to put my foot in my mouth, but I, um, I'll tell you what, man, like last, uh, I don't know when it was sometime last year, I started going to the gym for a couple months and I was going up through, it was probably like December, not that far into last year or whatever, but I was going to the gym for a couple months, going all the way through like March, whatever that was, you know, like early March, mid March. And, um, I felt great. I was going to the gym, getting back in, like, you know, lifting weight that, you know, I lifted back in high school or whatever, you know, feeling good. And, um, all of a sudden this happened and I'm like, Oh, I can't go now, you know, no, can't get COVID. Yeah. Uh, sucks, man. You know, I mean, you want to, but you just can't. Yeah. What it comes down to if it were just me and I've had so many people ask me, you know, like, you know, about my stance writer, but like, if it were just me, then I probably would, you know, and it certainly I'd be safe and, you know, think of yeah. everybody else in mind, everything, but like, you know, having a kid at home, having a wife or whatever, it's not just me. So can't really yeah. be. It's, it's funny too. Like, you know, who, who would have thought a virus like this would have, I, mean, I feel like we were already super divided as a nation. Yeah. And then like a virus came along that you can't even see. And I think it made it like 10 times worse because, yeah. you know, you're being told, don't leave your home, like stay six feet apart, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm worried about now because I look back maybe even like five months ago to where like, if I was out somewhere, um, I wouldn't be as cautious of like, you know, my distance between each other. Like, I mean, obviously I kind of respected their space, but it wasn't that big of a deal. But now I feel like I, I, for instance, I was getting, getting a coffee today at Dunkin' and I did the uh, order ahead and I, I walked in and um, there was a, a woman and her daughter kind of standing next to the counter. And I was trying to see if the coffee that was on the counter was one of mine, but I didn't want to get too close. I'm kinda, so I'm kind of like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, is that mine? Yeah. And the woman's like, you, you can go, go ahead. Like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I just, I just, I didn't want to like, you know, kind of, your space or cross, whatever yeah cross yeah. any lines here and i just want to respect you and it's just really weird it's just really weird now because i feel like especially now just it's it's a mask when you know all the time and yep just making sure you keep your distance and it's just strange it is strange and i mean for me when i go out it's it's i forget half the time yeah and, and i want to do the right thing i want to be as conservative as I need to be or whatever. But like, sometimes I just forget, like I get out of the car to go get my haircut and I'll just like walk up to the door and be like, Hey guys, I'm like, Oh, my mask is in the car. Hey, hey asshole, door. get your fucking mask on. Right. You're one of those guys, you know, Jesus, like shit, totally forgot. So my wife is watching. I didn't actually do that. I just, you know, I got out of the car. I didn't totally get out. But. I got out of the car. He made out with the guy at the, at the barber shop. Right. Oh God. <laughs> I wasn't going there, but you know, no, it's in, I, you know, I was just saying to my wife the other day, uh, we will see like we'll watch movies and we'll say like, Oh, you can't do that today. And it's like shaking hands or giving someone a hug. Like, oh, can't do that. I know you take so many things for granted, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the big lessons learned. The, the good thing is I think there are to bring a full circle. I think there really are so many positive things that have and will come out of this. 
you know, whether we believe or whether we realize it right now or not. Give me two. I truly. Give me two. Give you two. I, just I would two. not have put music out. I would not have started the Sleep Lore Project okay. if it weren't for this. I okay. really wouldn't have. Um, right. The other is time with my family. All right. There's two. Yeah. I think those are huge. See, I was, I was, when I asked you for two, I was thinking like post COVID, like what, what are, what are the good outcomes that's going to happen? Like once, hopefully this is all over. Like, what do you, what do you see as like, all right, we went through a shitty time. It was, it was, you know, a year of our lives that we didn't expect to be that long, but this came out of it and we're going to be better as a human race moving forward because of this. I think there's a problem. Give me one. Ton of things. Give me that's one. a pretty, that's a pretty broad one. I think two things that just kind of come immediate to me. I think that, um, I hope that we move quicker towards like a, uh, digital currency type of, uh, scenario where are you a there's Bitcoin, less of a Bitcoin cash guy? interaction. You a, really? So are you, are you a cashless society guy? Um, not necessarily like I, I don't, I'm not like a, a cashless society weirdo or anything like that, but like, I do think that we are so far behind other countries when it comes to that. Like, even if you go to places, if you, if you go to Africa, for example, it's all, it's all cashless, you know? Um, there are so why, many places. Why do you want that for us? Because I think it's, I think it's easy. I think it's, um, it's clean, you know? Um, I, I'm certainly not afraid of it or anything like that. Like, I think some people are afraid of like, you know, even something as simple as Apple pay, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think some people are afraid to do that because they might think that, uh, I don't know, maybe their identity gets stolen that way or something. I, I, and there's certainly always a case, a case for cash. Don't get me wrong. It's always yeah. a, a case for that. But I think as a general uh, way of transacting, I think cashless is fine. Totally fine. You okay. know? Um, and I'm good. It's at interesting. It. It's interesting. Cause well, I mean, there's also this, all this shit on, you know, social media that says like, Oh, so here's why. You know, if we go in, if we went cashless, like, you know, there won't be, uh, the 15 year old kid being able to cut grass for, you know, his allowance or, Hey Bobby, here's your Venmo. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah, you know? no, I, I understand. I understand. Or here's 15 bucks, whatever. Like, like that's what I mean. There's always going to be a case for it. You know, yeah. there's always going to be a case in a place. Um, or like, like, Oh, you know, um, you're trying to, to make ends meet and you're doing these side, these side jobs yeah. and just real quick money because you need to pay X, Y, Z. Like now you can't do that because Clyde says we should be cashless. And now Clyde is the reason why uh, Jimmy can't pay his electric bill. But why? Cause he needs cash. I mean, he can't. Did, do you pay your electric company in cash? I don't. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I mean. Like people get hung up on that's these the things. You know? That was the wrong example. <laughs> what, what if I need to pay off my uh, loan shark debts, you know? And uh, well, you're and dealing you... in a cash society at that point, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm also a big fan of the barter system, you know, oh, um, bartering for, for goods and services. Okay. You know, right. but I'm also a, um, a bit of a collector of things and you know, if you don't notice all the junk behind me and stuff, like I have a vintage microphone over here, guitar, a bunch of amps. So you're, so you're, what you're saying is like, you would, tr- you would rather go back in time where they traded pelts for like, I think it's things. all relevant. Right. You know, I think, uh, I, I don't know about trading pelts cause I haven't had a use for one of those in a while, but, um, every once in a while, I'll take a trade on something like somebody needs help. Uh, you know, Let's, let's be real. Like most of the bands, uh, you know, that are out there writing music, trying to, you know, make a go of it and everything. They don't have all the money in the world. 
you know, but there's some brilliant people out there who have all the heart in the world and they want to make things happen. And, um, you know, they're, the cash isn't always, you know, flowing for them or whatever, but maybe they have some piece of equipment around that they haven't used that they're totally willing to get rid of. Maybe Clyde will look at that and make him a deal, you know? So that's all I'm saying. Clyde's the new host for let's make a deal. That's I it. Love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's one. What's the second one? one? Cashless society. Clyde's all about getting rid of cash, no dirty money, get rid of it, get rid of the pennies, get rid of the quarters, get rid of the dollar bills. Who uses that crap? No one's, no? no one can do cocaine anymore. You got to use a straw. Oh, you can't use a straw because they got rid of straws too. So. Oh, that's right. Paper straw. Paper, Paper straw. But then. What they, else? You know, I think, I don't know. I haven't put a lot of thought into this, but I think that, um, you know, I, I hope that coming out of this, we, I just hope that we are, because I think there's a lot of things happening at once. There's a convergence of many things happening at once. And I think you mentioned that before. Um, I just hope that on the other side of this, we're able to sort of come together more and understand each other more, understand each other's unique preferences and, um, you know, kind of respect each other's boundaries and, and our own preferences on the other side of this, you know? So I think a lot of that's kind of come to light. Yeah, I mean, how... Have you had to tell family, uh, you know, for Thanksgiving and then obviously Christmas, Christmas coming up yeah. that's like, Hey, like we're not coming. Yep. We're not going to do I have. How totally. has that gone? Cause I mean, I feel like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to paint, uh, your parents or in-laws in a, yeah. in a bad way, but like family and family is obviously everything to me. And I'm sure it is to you too. But like my mom, for instance, like, she's like, I, I don't care. I want to, I want to see my grandson, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, if, if it's, you know, if we're all safe and there's like a limited amount of people, like we'll, we'll talk about it, whatever. But like, I feel like they're like, not that they think it's not real. Cause that's not the case at all. I'm like, my yeah. mom knows it's real, but it's just kind of like, they're willing to risk it because maybe because they're older they're they're, you know, they're aging and they're like, you know, we can go tomorrow almost, yeah. you know? And they love them so much. They just, yeah, want, to see it's, them. They just yeah, want to be with them, you know? And unfortunately, like I live like 45 minutes from my mom. So it's like, I don't see her yeah. every day. Yeah. But so it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Those, those conversations I'm sure are difficult amongst every family. And it's another, yeah. another thing. It's just like a hard, difficult, I mean, I'm stressed out every, every day. Yeah. You know? If it's not about, you know, money, it's, it's about, you know, my, my kids in daycare, so it's about him getting sick. Like my wife's parents are in their seventies. Like, you know, if they get it, that could be yep. a lot of trouble. Absolutely. My mom's not a spring chicken. She's 63, 64. You know, it's like every day it's like, all right, maybe it's another day. Yeah. We're going to bring, you know, good news is, I mean, I don't know. I probably won't be first in line, but I heard they uh, approved the first batch of vaccines. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, so I'm hopeful that this, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm hearing things that it might be next fall before like people like you and I would, would even have access, but I don't know. I'm, it makes me hopeful to know that, uh, Clyde, Clyde, uh, I'm a podcaster now. Oh, oh, so sorry. So maybe, so sorry. maybe people like you, my <laughs> top of the list, pop go top of the list. <laughs> Gotta make I'm those podcasts on Spotify now. So just so you know, I don't know <laughs> if you knew right. that or not, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, you're right. It's, uh, and, and Apple and Stitcher. Yeah, I'm, 
Awesome. Links links will be in the comments, yeah. folks. You know, all, all the other uh, platforms. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. It's uh, it's not going to end tomorrow. It's not. Yeah. But I'm hopeful. You know, like it, it's it's definitely been hard. Um, you know, we've been doing socially distant visits and all that kind of stuff. And my parents, they totally do understand. They're respectful. Yeah. Um, and they're doing all the things they need to do and everything else. But it's just it doesn't make it any easier. You know. Um, you know, they still want to see us. They still want to see my daughter and, um, it's hard and she wants to see them. Like, absolutely. Yeah. She's, she's gotten really good with the, uh, you know, socially distant hugs and kisses and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's, it's cute. Like when you say, like, she knows, like, you know, give hugs and kisses. She'll just do kind of that or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're, you know, you and I are fortunate in that, like our, our children aren't really, they don't know what's going on. Exactly. So, you know, I'm hoping that we get out of this before they get smarter or more yeah. aware. Um, but yeah, we're, we're lucky right now. I, I think a lot will be learned out of this. I really do. I think, um, even well, from a business standpoint, I mean, well, yeah, like for sure. Businesses, how they're, I mean, how they're operating. I get, yeah. You, know, you think about New York city and you know, the way that the business was done, like, you know, you went to work every day in a huge office building and now it's like, we don't need you in this office building yep. and we don't need to rent this office building, this, this space for thousands of dollars a month. Yeah. Like we can do business. Like, so, I mean, does New York city bounce back? Do, do, do cities like that bounce back to what they were? I, I, if they I do, know, it's going to take a long time and I don't think it's going to be nearly what it was. It's not it's definitely not. It's going to be, I think there's going to be a huge commercial real estate, I don't know, a crash. I don't yeah. even know what it would be, but um, it's going to be a major shift in commercial real estate. Um, but I think for individuals like you and I, that could open up a lot of opportunity for people, you know? Um, no longer do you have to worry about, oh, like, you know, I think back of like episodes of The Office where Jim's like, oh, I'm going to get a promotion, but I have to move to Connecticut or whatever. And it's like, I mean, those episodes are very real because like for people who are, you know, aspiring, they're young in their career and they're interested in kind of moving up the ladder, it's like, Oh, I have this opportunity, but I have to move three hours away. And like, that could tear me away. And some people are okay with that. Some people yeah. aren't. I think now, I think it's going to level that out quite a bit for people, hopefully, sure. at least yeah. in some, some industries um, where it's going to be really challenging. Again, is the, I think the large commercial real estate market and also for small businesses, like, yeah, like dude. man, as much as large businesses have been able to learn and adapt around this small businesses, I don't know. I, I, I've seen some, changes but i wouldn't call it an adapt- adaptation or anything no like and we'll see the with the large businesses they have their resources um mainly money to a survive you know months worth of losses and then also money to like make the changes necessary to continue to do business as as things you know move forward whether it's you know online you know sales or whatever that might be but you look at the V spot, for instance, you know, it's like, they can't like that business is built for entertainment. Yeah. They're not built for takeout food. They're not built for, you know, um, you know, 10% capacity indoor dining. Like they were, they are built to have bands on that stage, have people in that room listening, having beers, whatever it might be, socializing, everything like that. That's what that business is for. You take that away, that business does not move forward. Yeah. And it's like, I, 
well, they have to adapt. Well, how do they adapt? How? Their, their, their business the is, is selling alcohol and providing entertainment, live entertainment. Yeah. You don't just adapt. You don't just like, well, you got to move with the, with the flow. You got to roll with the punches. Like, no, that, that's not how that works. Yeah. There's got to, I mean, I'm not, uh, <clears throat> I'm not that in tune with like our, our tax system or anything like that. I mean, to, to the level that you would need to be, but there's got to be a way when you look at people are still spending money today. They people are. who can, people are spending money. They're spending it elsewhere. They're spending it at places like Walmart instead of the small hardware store down the road or the small shop down the road or whatever the case might be. So how can we take a look at least during this period of time to be able to make sure that these small businesses have the support they need, at least just to stay afloat. They don't have to be thriving, but they need to be able to pay the bills or, you know, stop the rent, pause the rent, whatever the case might be so that they can survive. Um, and I know, you know, I, I nobody, I'm not necessarily saying I believe everybody should get a free handout or anything like that, but it's like, there has to be some equitable way to look at this, to be able to say that money that has, was spent before these businesses is being spent somewhere else. So how can we take that and redirect some of that to be able to help some of these businesses stay afloat? Right. I don't know what the answer is, but there's got to be a way to do it. Well, I mean, I don't want to get into this either because I'm not extremely knowledgeable in what I'm <clears throat> about to say, but... I mean, I've been a bit, big advocate for the legalization and taxation of marijuana. Sure. For years. Yep. Because I think the tax money that we get from that, but I also like this, this state is, has always been, you know, victim of corruption. And it's like, oh, would, yeah. the, would the money still be allocated correctly? I don't know. Yeah. But it's funny how, you know, Wolf especially was, you know, anti, well, let's just wait and see what Colorado does. And let's wait and see what this state does who are raking in millions and yeah. millions of dollars in tax money. And then all of a sudden this hits, right? The pandemic hits. And now he's off for like, let's push this forward faster because now it's going to benefit me. Yeah. And, and what I'm doing. And that just kind of irks me. Like I have yeah. friends that are very, and I, I'm not a big politics guy. So like, yeah, me either. I mean, people might. I don't like any of them. I'll just make that clear right now. I don't like any of them. People but. might hear me say this and be like, "Well, you know, you know, Popko, you're an idiot, and you know what you're talking about." And that, that's probably true. It probably yeah. is true, but I just, you know, it just really bothers me because it could have been done. I think it could have been, you know, pushed. You know, because it's just weird how all of a sudden now it can be. You know, let's let's talk about this more. Yeah. Length and let's let's. let's let's take a hard look at and see what we can do better. Like it takes a pandemic to do that. Like I'm tired of people in, in places and, you know, whether it's government or, you know, businesses big or small saying, or, or waiting until, you know, they have to do something. Like, why aren't you looking forward? Like, why aren't you trying to plan ahead? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's an, not that I'm opportunistic. I'm, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not a trendsetter by any means. And so I maybe I shouldn't be speaking the way I am, but I also don't own a company. Uh, I don't have to look after X amount of employees. Um, and, you know, low risk is low reward, right? That's totally true. The uh, fruit grows uh, on the end of the limb or whatever that saying is, you know? Yeah. But, so, but totally get glad. I think we got into a lot here tonight. I think we did. 
we did. We're yeah. all over the map. This is exactly, you know what though, you know, this is funny. This is the second episode. And I remember the first one I was talking to uh, Rob from Bowling for Soup, which was really was super cool. Yeah. Uh, and Ted from Don't Panic. I'm not sure if you ever had a chance to meet him or talk to him. No. Uh, both great guys. Um, but like when I, when I was recording it and we were talking or whatever, I was like, this is exactly what I wanted this to be. This is exactly where I wanted to be um, as this was kind of being built. Um, and tonight this was the same. It, it just awesome. So thank you for, for doing this. Thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you for your wisdom of a, uh, of a 40 year old man. <laughs> Wisdom of a forty-year-old. That's great. I have to start using that in conversation. Now. Yes, I have the wisdom of a forty-year-old man. Yes. Forty man. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you having me, man. I think um, I think what you're doing is awesome. Um, not just with the podcast, with the shirts, with um, everything you've done like up to this point. Is uh, you've always had threads of awesomeness in there. Um, but I really, I think this podcast is cool. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm glad. I'm honored to be asked to to do it, honestly, and um, glad to be able to kind of show up and. Uh, have the kind of conversation you're hoping to have. I hope that, uh, you know, people find it interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, even if they don't, uh, it's, it's a good outlet for me. And I, and I ultimately I hope, and that's why my kind of goal is to let's, let's talk about the important things first. Um, so if I lose an audience, uh, when we talk about, you know, politics or whatever we do, we talk about, at least we got the important stuff with sleep lore and your recording studio and all that kind of stuff. Let's, let's get that stuff out of the way. Um, because ultimately this, I, I want this to be a, a platform that people like you can, can see and use as an asset. Um, but also it's, it's a, it's a, it's a selfish thing for me to, uh, you know, use it for my own, um, uh, what do you call it? Just, uh, you know, value for, for yeah. what I want to do. And, um, so thank you. Um, this it's, like I said, this, both, uh, discussions have been everything I wanted them to be and more. So thanks for doing this. I wish you the, the best of luck with sleep lore. However I can help in the future. Um, please, by all means, reach out to me. Uh, you actually are the featured artist on my website, the popcoproject.com. Awesome. <laughs> I awesome. do have to update that so I can include your song and a link to that. But I have a, I have a call with, uh, Joey Z tomorrow evening. He's nice. My, he's my Joey web Z. guy. You know him very well. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's my, he's Good my guy. web guy. He, uh, so shout out to Joey Z. He was one of those people. Um, it's funny. And then real quick, I'll, I'll say one more, th- one more thing before we leave. Um, it's, it's interesting the people who reached out to me when they heard of the, the radio show being put on hiatus. Um, it was people that like, I just didn't expect Joey Z being one of them. He, he reached out to me and Joey Z and I, I've known him for 15 years, maybe longer. Um, I I'd call us friends, but you know, we're not, you know, we don't talk every week or every month or whatever. Sure. You know, I keep up to date with what he's doing on Facebook and through the, the band stuff and all that kind of, that kind of stuff. But he reached out to me and said, Hey man, you know what? Um, what you've done for me and countless others has been awesome. He's like, let me help you in any way that I can. And he said, if you need help with whatever, let me know. And I was like, well, it's funny you should ask. Cause this is my, my, my plan. He's like, yep, I'm in. Let me know. 
Awesome. And he was in a hundred percent. And it's everyone has, has been that way, but it was people that I just didn't expect. Like, you know, I'm not a fusion. I didn't want to name the show with my name in it because I'm not, I just thought that was pretentious. And I'm, I don't think of myself as like, I'm not a, you know, an amazing radio host. I'm not this, you know, I'm not Joe Rogan, I, although he's my, a, a giant inspiration for me. And if I yep. could be, if I could be the Joe Rogan of NEPA, that would be, that would be amazing for me, but whatever. But it, it just, it's just been an amazing experience for me. And I, I just don't want people to think that I'm, that I think I'm bigger than I am. Cause I'm not, I question myself far too often. I, you know, have self doubt every day about what I do. You know, I've had people who I thought were friends reach out to me or not reach out to me, just like comment or make snarky remarks. And it's like kind of alluded to the fact that I think I'm something that I'm not. And I just, I don't want to ever come across as that. Um, so it's just been, a, it's just been a, it's been a weird thing to navigate, you know, trying to like kind of go out on my own yeah. away from the radio station and, and, not be perceived as you know an asshole because i don't i don't want that because i'm not that um but i mean so i mean my two cents on the whole thing if it's worth it if, if it's worth the two cents is um you spent the last couple of years building a brand you ha- you really have you know the alt native show is one thing but just your name popco and it's a cool name anyway so you know why not use it but um you've spent the last couple of years building a brand and i think it's smart tap yeah. into it well it's funny because I've said people smarter than me have told me that I needed to use it. You are one of those people, well, a wise know. man at 40 years old, 40 years told of knowledge. Me, told me, <laughs> that, Hey man, you got to keep the name. You know, you, you, for anybody tuning in now, I'm not actually 40, but Clyde's 36. He's actually younger than me, which is weird, but no, it's funny. Cause, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't been, I haven't been John since I was like in middle school. Like I had three Johns in my class from kindergarten through 12th grade. So like come like middle school, we were all called by our last name. So I've been Popco since I was like 12. Yeah. Uh, I had a little stint there as Johnny Weekender for a few years, but um, he was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a drinking problem, but wow. yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> that was that phase. That's all. I was awesome. fitting in with the crowd, man. You know, I just, I just, it sure was part of the party, you know, that's it. But um, yeah. So I, I mean, end of the end of the story, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with how the first episode came out. I'm, I'm, I can't thank you enough for doing this and, and being part of this. And yeah, you know, I just feel like this is exactly what this should be. And I hope people enjoy it. And if they don't, that's okay too. Um, if anything, I've wasted your time. I have not wasted my time. <laughs> well, that's great. It honestly is. You know, it goes back to that being genuine again, yeah. you know? Um, so. but you certainly haven't wasted my time. I appreciate the opportunity. It's always fun to catch up, you know? Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to the rest of the songs from uh sleep lore. So again, if you need anything from me, if I can be of any help, please, by all means, reach out to me. Um, whether it's just a share, whether it's a, a follow a like whatever you need i will always be here for you i appreciate everything you've done for me and uh, i cannot wait to see what the future holds for both of us awesome same here man all right man thanks a lot you got it all right see ya